0: Welcome to the ministry of Harvest Life Church. We pray that this message would help harvest the life God has for you. Are you okay? Are you okay? A few years ago, a national campaign started on this subject, asking this question, are you okay? And many of the problems that mankind always has had, science is even telling us that somehow there's an increase in these issues and these problems. So why are we talking about this subject? Because I believe that on every subject, we should lead because we have the answers. Can you say amen to that? Now, we don't have all the answers, but the church has got to step up and to step into this arena. And the reason we're talking about this today is because there are many people, including God's people, who live under a veil of darkness. It covers their hearts and it covers their minds. They're dealing with things like anxiety, depression, eating disorders, shame, panic attacks, post-traumatic stress disorder, even suicidal thoughts. And sadly, many are ashamed to talk about it especially in the church. Because somehow there's this subconscious mentality because we had this supernatural experience when we got born again, that when we came to Christ, that we should now have it all together because after all, we have the answer. And how many do know Jesus is the answer? But receiving him as your Lord and Savior is only the beginning of that journey. And none of us are perfect. There's all sorts of people talking about what normal, normal behavior is for the human being. What we call normal. And normal is defined by the humans we have here to inspect. But the problem is, in this laboratory that scientists are using called the human race, there's not one of us that isn't fallen. So even that which the world may say is normal to all people, I mean, no, it's normal to all people to find, you know, the opposite sex attractive, right? That's normal. And it may be called normal by society, right? to even lust, and and so we wouldn't ever say, science would never say, well, that's a problem because that's natural. Well, it's natural to us now because we're fallen, right? So there's a lot of normal behavior among humans that isn't necessarily healthy, right? And coming to Jesus and having him come into your life is the start of heaven, But you can literally have Christ in your life, but living like you're in hell. And why is that? Why is it that that happens? Because we are afraid to talk about it. We are ashamed to talk. And I want you to remember, you may not be dealing with this. But most likely in this room, there are people who are dealing with these issues of panic attacks, of depression, right? Mental illnesses that are plaguing them. And they are all around us. And what they need is they need you and I to be compassionate and tell them and ask them sincerely, are you okay? And here's another one. We're here to help. If you're healed, then that means you're part of the healing army that should be here to help. So why why don't people ask for help? Why don't people talk about it? I think there's a lot of reasons that we're afraid to talk about it. Many people are afraid that they're going to be judged. Or they mistakenly believe that because they're Christian, these problems should have all gone away. How many have ever thought that? Right? Because we're Christians. But see, they're afraid to be judged. They're afraid someone's going to say something like, Why don't you just snap out of it? Right? Or you should be stronger than this. You're a Christian. Or how about this one? What in the world do you have to be anxious about? You want some anxiety. You talk to me, I'll talk to you about anxiety. Darling, you've got nothing to be anxious about. You've got nothing to be afraid of. These kind of questions and answers, sometimes by well-meaning people, can actually be the paralyzing thing that keeps people from sharing, from sharing how they feel, from sharing how they're going through, because there's a stigma on mental illness, and all these things are a type of mental illness. They're the beginnings of mental illness in people's lives. But mental illness, my family, is no different than physical illness. Can you say amen to that? No one ever told a cancer patient, just snap out of it. Right? No one ever told somebody struggling with arthritis, well, get a grip on it. Just grow up. Right? No no one ever said that. But there's this misunderstanding around the issues of mental illness. There's this secrecy that we keep it all to ourselves. And mental illness should be treated and responded to with compassion, support, and help. And that's why we're doing this series, Are You Okay? Amen? This series is dev- designed to help you and I Identify the signs so that we can find steps to get you or someone you love help. And so that they can be empowered to a healing place. That they no longer have to stay in a broken place, but that they can be healed. Come on, at Harvest Life Church, let's begin to remove the stigma from mental illness. Let's draw back the curtain of shame and come to a place of compassion, understanding, and healing so that people can open up their world to the light. So that they don't stay in the darkness. Today, I'm going to begin by telling you five lies or misconceptions that people have concerning mental illness. These are five lies that people face concerning mental illness. And before I tell them to you, I want to give you this example. How many know that darkness really has no power in itself? As a matter of fact, darkness cannot stand against the littlest light. When you turn on the light, darkness moves. Yeah. Yeah. How, many, how many saw me on Facebook Live yesterday? Let me see your hands if you saw me. Thank you for sharing that. Listen, if you haven't seen it yet, it's still going around. The algorithms have picked it up because so many people are, are putting hearts and thank you. So if you haven't watched it, go to my page on Facebook or go to Harvest Live. I think they reposted it and get on there, watch it. Put a lot of hearts in there. Come on, put a lot of thumbs. You know, give me the finger. I mean the thumb, come on. (laughs) Right? Give me, give me why why do we do that? Not so that I can, you know, you know, receive your kudos, but how many know the more you do that, the more the algorithm picks it up and sends it along, and the more people will see it. And that's what we want is people to see it so people can get help. We want them to come during the course of this series and begin to get some help. But I gave this analogy that. Years ago, I went to Indonesia to the mission field, and I walked in the room, and I turned on the light. And when I turned on the light, there were all sorts of critters on the ground that just in seconds, the, the, the tile floor was cleared. They were gone. One of them was so big, I caught it out of the corner of my eyes, and I literally heard. It was a, some type of spider, but it was, it was so... <laughs> It like had a, had a metal skeletal something because you could hear it on the, on the tile as it skirmered off, skirmered off. And then I had to sleep in the room. But the light came on and they fled. How many know Pastor Dave slept with the light on that day? Amen. I said, Lord, I'm going to sleep with the light on. Let's keep those things hidden. But you know, this is a great analogy for you and me. Because when we shine the light, when we open up the light to God's word and shine that light on a problem, when we open up the light to our darkness and tell a friend who can help us, when we tell somebody else and we turn the light on, our problems begin to go away and they begin to be dealt with. But as long as the enemy can keep us in darkness... I, I, I'm so thankful, and I don't usually do it. I don't usually come up here and sh- share my personal issues. And I have been so touched by the overwhelming support that I've received from the church in sharing with you some of my challenges, my physical challenges, and some of the battles that we've been going through recently. And like, like you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't do that, but I, just, I did it about two and a half, three weeks ago. And I cannot tell you, just by turning that light on, Seriously, I was struggling in my body to even walk with about 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. And I'm telling you, I, I am virtually pain-free. Come on. I, I'm back at night. You know, I haven't been to the doctor yet, but I, I'm back at working out. Amen, I'm back. What, the only thing that I can tell that's different is you all are praying for me, and somebody turned the light on. We cannot be afraid when we're struggling with issues to turn the light on. First lie, number one. You are alone. You're alone. And the devil comes in and he makes it seem like it's only you. You're the different one. You're the weirdo, right? and tries to talk you in to not sharing this or telling anybody that you can just handle it on your own because you don't want people to think bad at you. But you need to understand, my family, today, whether you're a Christian or not, some of the greatest men and women in the Scriptures dealt with these very same conditions. If a modern psychologist were to read Lamentations chapter 3 verses 17 through 20 they would come to the conclusion that Jeremiah was suffering from a bout with depression we know from 2nd Corinthians that it got so bad in Paul's life at one point that he said I'm to the place where I even despaired of life and even the great Isaiah excuse me, not Isaiah, even the great Elijah, Elisha, Elijah, (laughs) I got to say them together to remember which one it was. Elijah ran from Jezebel and ran up on a mountain, hid himself away and told God, God, you just kill me. Just let me die. I'm done. I don't, I don't want to live anymore. And so, my friend, you are not alone. My family, you are not alone. Some of the greatest people in Scripture had this. But I'm here to tell you, Jeremiah was healed. I'm here to tell you, Paul got up and went on in his ministry. And I'm here to tell you that Elijah got healed, and he got up, and he went went to do his work, and the Bible says he finished strong. Amen? You are not alone, my family. I want to give you some statistics today because these are shocking. 60 million Americans right now are living with some form of what professionals call serious mental illness. Serious. It's what they call mental illness. And what serious mental illness is, is the more intensified form apart from the kind that the rest of us have. right? In other words, they're having trouble functioning because they're dealing with this issue. And they're not being met with the compassion that they deserve to be met with. One in five people in the United States have been on or are currently on antidepressants. Pick any row of five of you. And chances are one of you is right now on antidepressants or you have been on antidepressants. These are the facts. 40,000 people are committing suicide every single year. And it is estimated that there may be as many as a million more attempts. And for the first time in history... Suicide has just become the number one cause of death for people in the ages of 15 to 24 years old. It surpassed car accidents for the first time a year or two ago. Folks, we are living in an epidemic. And if we're thinking that it's not in the church, we've got another thing coming. But why do I share this with you? My family, you are not alone. We are with you. And many are struggling with things in their very own lives. Number two, the second lie, the, the, the thing that the devil tells us is because we have these struggles, he tries to tell us, well, you're, just, you're weak. You're weak. Right? Right? You're just, you're just weak, and he tells you that because if all of a sudden you believe that you're weak, what will you do? You'll hide it because you don't want to come across as, I'm weak. You don't want to come across that way, right? You have this image of, of who people are, you know, and, and you see them through all their good, but you don't see the struggles that they have, amen? Amen. And it's good for us to walk soberly. Paul said, Paul said to walk soberly according to yourself. Don't think too highly of yourself. Walk soberly. I think sometimes people begin to believe their own Facebook posts. Just because we have a Philippians 4 8 mentality about what we post does not mean that we got it all together. Amen. And I don't believe it always means that people are trying to seem like they've got a perfect life and we shouldn't read it that way. Amen? But what I'm trying to say is as long as you Are are trying to project this image, and you don't want to come across as weak, then you won't be real with what you have. And I'm telling you right now, you may not be able to share it with everybody, and you probably shouldn't share it with a with another person who is who is struggling worse than you. But there are people that God has put in your life. Ask God, God, who can I talk to? There are people you got to let them know. You've got to you've got to ask people around you, Hey, are you okay? Listen, we care about you. You are not weak because you're struggling with these issues. Let's turn on the light. You're not weak any more than somebody who has cancer is weak. Amen. Number 2, number 3. You are hopeless. That's the other lie, misconception. You're hopeless. In other words, there are far too many people in America today who think that once you are diagnosed with some type of mental illness, that there's no cure for you, that you're, you're never going to get better. So, so they, you have no hope because, because you, you're like, I, I don't want to receive that diagnosis because then I, then I won't have hope. But that's just not true. Amen? You can get better. I said you can get better. If you turn the light on, you can get better. As a matter of fact, there are treatments that can help you. Treatments that can help you. Right? Treatments in the Word. Treatments in prayer. Treatments from doctors. Treatments from faith. Treatment that comes from conversation with people who love you. Supernatural treatments. Natural treatments. I don't know why... (laughs) We believe that, you know, when we come to God, and I think this is, I think I've, in studying this, I I had this thought kind of come to me today, or this week as I was studying this, and that's this. I think because salvation, how, how many can honestly feel like your salvation was kind of supernatural. Let me, let me see your hands. If your salvation experience is kind of supernatural, yeah? Some of you didn't have quite as supernatural of an experience. It kind of was more a progressive, gradual thing that took a hold of you. But some of us had like a supernatural kind of thing. And I think because so many people have that kind of conversion, they kind of think that every time God does something in their life, it's going to be like that. But listen, listen. God, God is the God of healing. Amen? I want, to, I want you to hear this today, folks. God says in Jeremiah, I have a future and I have a hope for you. You may be in this room today. You may even be saying, what's, what's the point? My life stinks. Right? Why even go on? Why even go on? Well, I'm here to tell you today, That despite how you feel, the Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a future and a hope. You may have lost your hope, but God has not abandoned his hope for you. God has a future and a hope for you. You can get better. It can get better. It can get better in your life. And I'm a testimony that it can get better. There are people around you. Listen to us. It can get better. It can get better, despite what you feel. God says, I, he told Jeremiah, I will cure you. And over this room today, he's saying, I'm going to cure you. I'm going to heal you. Amen? Amen. Listen to the scripture. Behold, I will bring you health and cure. I will cure them, says the Lord. And he will reveal unto them the abundance of his peace and truth. The Bible says God is the author of every good gift, and it comes down from above for you and for me. Amen. For you and for me. It's so funny. Who are you and I to determine how God is going to heal? Can God heal supernaturally? Absolutely. But does God also heal naturally? He certainly does. Amen. Why is it we that are people of faith feel like it's only God? It's only God if it's supernatural. Do we forget who made the natural? Do, he, do we forget, whom, did you know the body is naturally made to heal itself? And did you know that there are hindrances in our society that keep that healing from happening? And as science understands it, they're not healing the body. They're just bringing natural remedies to what God always, it's still God. Whether it comes natural or God supernaturally takes it away. Quit trying to tell God how you're going to be healed. And take the healing that God has for you. There's a hope for you, my family. And his promise to Jeremiah of a future and a hope is the promise to us. Amen. Come on, would you, I, I want you to just by faith, put your hand on your heart and say, I have a future and a hope. I have a future and a hope. Are you enjoying this today? You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not weak. It is not hopeless. And number four, here's the lie. It's your fault. It's your fault. You're the reason you're like this. It's your fault. Did you ever feel like that? But my family, my Bible tells me in John 10.10 that it's the thief who comes to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. My Bible tells me in Peter that Satan goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. No, you may not. But he's seeking whom he may devour. Listen, nobody with cancer deserves it. It's not anybody's fault that they got cancer. Come on, somebody. Why would you say that about a mental illness? Why would we let ourselves be under that lie? People don't choose to have depression. People don't choose one day that panic attacks are going to start in my life. People don't choose PTSD. It happens because there is a thief in the earth. But I want to go even farther. Even if you did something or watched something or took something or smoked something that altered your brain and has given you a condition, even that the empty grave declares you are not guilty. God is not mad at you. Quit blaming yourself. He is here to heal you. Who cares how it got here? Yes, if you're opening up the door to things, you may need to stop some things. Amen? I just want to say this very clear, folks. There's two serious conditions that have broken out with the current explosion in marijuana use in our country. I read recently from a pro-legalization paper. A group of people that had lobbied for it are saying that it is unfolding in our country in a bad way. That there's not enough tests on the product of marijuana. And that the pot today is not the pot of of a generation ago. Across all the emergency rooms in the states that have legalized it and in the states nearby is, is this serious vomiting that is beginning to happen, a physical ailment. People who smoke it often are having mental breakdowns and some of the breakdowns, their minds aren't coming back after they stop smoking it. This is what's happening right now in our society. So don't, don't, don't believe that the devil's not out to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't believe that. He's out to steal, he's out to kill, and he is out to destroy. Amen? And even if you've been caught up in that, and maybe you're suffering some things in your body because of it, I'm here to tell you God is not mad at you, and God will not withhold his help, but you might want to stop opening up that door. Can you say amen to that? I love this scripture. In Galatians chapter 5, listen to it. Christ has set us free to live free. Notice that. He set us free to live free. A free life. Watch this. So take your stand and never let anyone put a harness of slavery around you again. Amen. My family, I, I want you to know it is not your fault. Listen to what the angels declared on the morning Jesus was born. Listen to it. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. God's not mad at one person in this room no matter what you've done. We just celebrated Easter last year. The empty tomb proves that he's not mad at you. If he was still going to be mad at you for your sins, Jesus would have had to stay dead because that means your sins are not atoned for. That means that you are not forgiven. But Jesus is not dead. He arose from the grave and the grave is empty. And God is saying, I am not mad at you. I am not mad at you. I am not mad at you. My son took all of my wrath so I can give you all of my love. That's the gospel. We just celebrated it at Easter. There's goodwill towards you today and peace. What is this peace? This word peace literally means, write this down, this word peace here in the scripture means tranquility of heart. Isn't that what we need in our life? Tranquility of heart, a tranquil heart. A heart that's at rest. A heart that's not jumping from thing to thing. A heart that's not continually under anxiety. A heart that's continually not in fear. Listen to it. Jesus, this is his promise. Tranquility of heart arising from our reconciliation with God. That God wants the fact that you have been made right. That he has put peace in the waters between you and your God. That that would bring peace to your heart. And that you would live with that peace the Son of God gives. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I to you. My peace. My peace. Amen? Peace also means health, prosperity, and every kind of good. And what you and I have to get used to, my family, and this is new to some of you, and that's why it's so important that we hear what God's word says about these very real issues, is that just because you're struggling with something does not mean it's God's will. See, until you know the truth, you're constantly, the devil can always succeed in his lies, right? Because there's a lot, you'll hear people in the world, right? They'll say it all the time. Well, you know, God never gives you anything he can't handle. Honey, God didn't give it to you, right? Well, I don't know why the Lord let this happen, but I guess it's just my lot. You'll hear it all the time. Listen, if you think that God is okay to all this stuff to be on you, then you won't fight it subconsciously you won't fight it you will want to hide it or you'll just succumb to it or you'll only be dependent on what somebody else can do for you but when the light is turned on and all of a sudden you realize i have been under a lie amen if god wants me healed this this is so funny that people have taught this and it has hurt the church it has hurt the church And this lie that God wants to give people cancers and give people, uh, you know, uh, anxiety and all this stuff. Well, if God wants to give it to you, why are you taking medication for it? Why aren't you submitting to God? Help me, somebody. If God gave it to you, then you best not be fighting God. You can fight City Hall, but anybody who fights God doesn't end up in a good place. Don't, be, don't take that aspirin. God just is God just, teaching you something through that headache. So just suffer and learn it. Tell me what you learned when it's done. No, that's not what God wants. God brings every kind of cure. Natural, supernatural. Spiritual, natural. Can you say amen to that? This word means health, prosperity, every kind of good. Listen to what God said. So when you know that, when you know, hey, God did not give me the spirit of fear. If God didn't give it, then that means I don't have to have it. But it does mean someone else is in the earth. There's a thief in the earth who wants to give anxiety. There's a thief in the earth who wants to give fear. There's a thief in the earth who wants to create breakdowns in your life when you've emotionally been through something. And that's why the Bible says that he is the Lord who restores my soul. Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and don't forget any of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and mercy. Who fills your mouth with good things. So that your youth may be renewed as the eagles. That's what turning on the light means. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Why would there be a promise of a restored soul? Because the Lord knew that living in this world, you are going to have trouble. And you are going to need to remember he is on your side. But if you'll come to him, he'll restore what the enemy stole. He'll restore your soul. Come on, if you believe it, somebody give God praise. You can learn how to walk in peace. You can learn how to walk in peace. Next week, I'm going to teach it to you from the Word of God. It's going to radically touch your life. It's going to radically touch your life. The Scripture says, be anxious for nothing in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. Folks, let's start believing what God says instead of what the anxiety says. Amen? One of the things that I've learned with living with this enemy that comes against me, this physical enemy that I fight in my body at times, which does cause, it can lead to depression. It can lead to all sorts of stuff in my, in my mental if I'm, if I'm not careful. But one of the things that you deal with is I've always been careful to never claim this as my own. When they diagnosed me with rheumatoid arthritis, I, I, I didn't say, hey, everybody, I've got arthritis. I, I've never owned it. I've never called it mine. As a matter of fact, I corrected the doctor on the first day. You've got, our, you, uh, you ha- this is, he would call it your rheumatoid arthritis. And I said, listen, sir. I said, let's get something straight. If you're going to help me, this is not my rheumatoid arthritis. This is attacking my life, and I need your help. And he was like, oh, But he kept calling it mine, so guess what I did? I fired him. He needed to retire anyway. He was grumpy. I fired him. I got myself a new guy. I sat down, and and I, I said, Doctor, this is an interview. I said, I'm a believer. I said, the Lord has delivered me from so many things in my life, I shouldn't even be alive today but I'm under attack and I want your help with this. But as long as you and I are in agreement, this is my enemy and not mine. If you'll help me fight it, you can be my doctor. He shook my hand and and he's awesome. He's awesome. But one thing, one thing that I've always said is this thing is my enemy. Listen, you do not want to be in the foxhole, right? And your friend who's next to you, you find out that they're actually shooting at you. That's, That's not a good thing. And that's our doctrine. Many people's doctrine today is that God is causing this. Right? No. Bible says judge nothing before the time. This obviously is not the original plan of God. This earth. So don't judge anything. Don't talk. Listen, let's not just, can we be honest? I'm just going to take a sidebar here. Can we act? Can we stop acting like we know it all? Church of Jesus Christ, can you please stop acting like you know it all and give your curt little judgmental answers to people? Let's stop that. We don't know it all. We're learning. We know the most important part. There's no doubt about it. But we don't know it yet as we should, the scripture says. Amen. Amen? So we ought to walk humbly. Right? We all ought to walk carefully. Amen? Listen to 2 Timothy 1, seven, For God hath not given unto us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That word sound mind means a disciplined mind. It means a disciplined mind. And that's one of the signs of mental illness. Right? is that you can't discipline your mind. Your mind is all over the place, right? It's all over the place. And it always, it always says these things, right? It always says these things, what if? And your mind is a going all over the place. Well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? Well, what, right? Listen, God did not give you a spirit of fear. But he gave you a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. Part of having a sound mind is a well disciplined, trained mind. Next week, I am going to talk to you about how to get a sound mind. I'm gonna start it off, and I'm gonna show you how you can tear down strongholds in your life. Just like, have you ever seen a building imploded? That they blew up and tore down? You know how they blew it up? They got the plans and they figured out how it was built. And after figuring out how it was built, they were able to put explosives right there and tear it down. And did you know every good and bad stronghold, and we have both, every good and bad stronghold is built the same way. And guess what? It's torn down the same way. And we're going to turn the light on, and we're going to put the explosive of God's word at the foundations of these things. And we're going to see the Lord begin to work in our lives and in our hearts. We're going to talk about so many things. And next week, it's our plan. I'm going to have a handout for everybody. It's going to have some helplines, some different things, and some scriptural things to do when you're running through a struggle with some, some issues, how to talk to somebody, how, how to get some help. But today is all about one thing. And that is I want you to hope again. To hope again. You know, believing God is simply a choice. It's simply a choice. It's a simply a choice to, to choose to believe what the Lord says and begin to block out what your mind says and the Lord says to you today would you stand with me would you stand with me and I want you to close your eyes I want you to close your eyes and I want you to hear these words coming to you from the Lord just do this for me every, every single person just close your eyes And as you hear these words, I want you to make the choice to believe them, to take them into your heart. Behold, I know the plans I have for you, saith the Lord. Plans to give you a future and a hope. You are going to live and not die. You are going to get better and you are going to recover. For I have called you to live free. It might not happen in this moment, but as you go and as you choose hope, you'll be healed as you go. You're going to learn some behaviors that will help you be healed as you go. Now I want you to lift your hands to Him. Maybe lift your palms toward the sky. If you don't want to lift them all the way up and you just say, I believe I have a future and a hope. Come on, you don't have to say it out loud, but just just choose. Just wrap your heart around it. Begin to say to those other thoughts, I'm going to believe you less and I'm going to choose the thoughts of God. God has a future and a hope for me. I'll not always have this anxiety. I'll not always have this PSD. I'll not always have this depression. i always feel this way. I have a future and a hope. I have a future and a hope. Come on. I have a future and a hope. Thank you for listening. We trust this message has blessed your life. For more sermons by Pastor David Whaley, visit us at www.harvestlifechurch.org.